I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Are you a workaholic? Over half of Americans admit to working more than 45 hours a week. And you've probably been there yourself, getting up early or staying up late, working through lunch just to squeeze a few more things off that giant to-do list. But here's the thing. When it comes to your brain, working more isn't always the best strategy. In this episode of the Bold Life Podcast, I'll explain why being a workaholic could be making you less productive and how to get more done in your day by taking advantage of your brain's natural attention limits and working less. Stick around and I'll share a quick strategy you can use when your inner perfectionist starts to make you feel like you should be working more. Okay, let's dive in. You've probably heard me tell the story of how I graduated from university and got my dream job, but it wasn't exactly what I expected. Here's the short version. I went to school for about a billion years. Okay, 11, but it felt like a million. And I got my PhD in clinical psychology with a specialty in neuropsychology which basically means I was a psychologist who specialized in brain health. As luck would have it, a colleague was leaving a full-time position in a new hospital in Calgary to move with her family, and she gave me a heads up that the job was opening, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing, a full-time job on a hospital neuroscience team, doing what I'd trained for years to do, and I would get to be close to my friends and family. And the first few years, it was pretty amazing. I loved my colleague. I got to work with a great group of people. I saw interesting cases. I worked on some really great teams. I got to help a lot of folks who had had injuries or illnesses that impacted their brains. But after about five years, I noticed I felt a little bit off. I wasn't as excited to go into work anymore. I didn't dislike my job exactly, but I wasn't feeling as motivated anymore. My days were kind of starting to look the same. I had the same type of cases, I did the same type of work every day, was getting into the same routine, and it was starting to feel a bit mundane, a bit boring. I wasn't as jazzed or excited to get up every day and to come into work. And so I did some self-reflection and realized the problem. What had happened was I'd reached this goal that I spent years working towards. I spent all this time in university, I got my dream job, I worked really hard the first few years, and I learned so much. But the problem was, after I reached this goal, I didn't really have anything else to aim for. I kind of hit the peak. There wasn't really much more advancement I could get in this job. Sure, there were some other projects and opportunities I could work on, but I kind of hit my limit. And what I found was even though I was in my dream job, I was bored. So I decided I needed a new challenge. My husband knew I also loved teaching, and so he found this online course about starting a coaching business online, about how to run an online coaching program, how to run online education programs, how to run online courses. So while I was still working full-time at the hospital, 
I started taking a lot of business courses online and I started my own psychology private practice all while I was developing my online course business. Looking back now, I was working a lot. I was taking vacation days at the hospital and using them to work in my private practice. After working my nine to five in the hospital, I was going home and working two or three hours most nights on my business and most weekends. I was probably working somewhere between 50 and 60 hours a week for about six months. Then my luck struck again and a part-time job opened up at the hospital, which was perfect because I was using up all my vacation time. I didn't know what I was going to do. So that gave me a little bit of extra time which of course I promptly filled with more work on my business. So really I was working the same long hours. Oh, and I forgot to mention Allison was only about two years old at this time. So I had a busy toddler and a family I was trying to juggle while still working at the hospital, starting my business, learning all these new things about how to run a business and how to offer services online. And I was pushing through. And I thought at the time I was handling it okay. I felt okay. I felt like I was pushing through and I was managing. I didn't think I was working too much. I probably wouldn't have even considered myself a workaholic at the time. What I probably would have said if you had asked me was, oh, this is only short term. It's only until I get my business up and running. But remember, we already learned that wasn't entirely true. Once I went down to part-time at the hospital, I just started working more elsewhere. I didn't save those hours to focus on myself. I put them into my work. But finally, I got to the point where I had built my business up enough that I could quit at the hospital. I didn't even need those part-time hours anymore. So that was the fall of 2019, just about two years ago now. And I remember being so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have three extra days a week that I'm not at the hospital anymore. I could cut back on my evening and weekend hours and finally relax a bit. And probably not surprisingly, as soon as I took my foot off the gas, I crashed. My body said, whoa, 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 Nicole, we are burning out. Mayday, mayday. I was exhausted. I remember I'd been working 60 hours a week for months and I hadn't really taken any real vacation, right? I was using all my vacation days to work. We went to the lake a few times that summer, but I always brought my laptop with me and I worked through most of it. What I found when I finally crashed at the end of this period was my thinking efficiency was way down. I was stumbling over my words. I was making simple mistakes. You might have heard in this podcast around that time where I talked about I got to the point of decision fatigue and even trying to decide what color I wanted these coasters for my new office to be stopped me dead in my tracks. I could not make any more decisions. My brain had had enough. My inner workaholic had left me burnt out and exhausted. If you're a recovering perfectionist like me, you've probably been here before. You've got big goals. I know that. Maybe you consider yourself a bit of an ambitious overachiever. The thing is, big goals mean lots of work, right? And I know you're not afraid of a little hard work. But here's the thing. Although it's great to have grit, to keep working towards your goals every day, when it comes to your brain, there are limits. Push past those limits can work in the short term. We've all pulled an all-nighter or two back in college or university, and our brain can do that on a short-term, one- or two-night basis. But over time, those limits catch up to us, and our inner workaholic leaves us burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and exhausted, which we know means we're less productive in the long run, right? But this is hard to convince your brain. 
it feels like if I just work harder or longer, or I skip lunch, or I get up early, or I stay up late, I'll get more done. Again, maybe in the short term, but remember those limits that your brain has. When you go past those limits, your brain stops working the way it's supposed to. Your thinking actually becomes less efficient and you get less done, even though you're working more hours. How frustrating is that? Like I said, your brain has limits. One of those limits is how many hours you can actually work at max efficiency and productivity. Let me explain. John Pensival at Stanford University put this to the test. He found that productivity per hour sharply declines after you've worked more than 50 hours per week. So once you're working more than 50 hours per week, the amount of work you're actually doing starts to go down. And after 55 hours per week, productivity drops so much that working more is basically pointless. You're not actually doing more with those extra hours. Those folks who worked 70 hours per week were getting the same work done as those working 55 hours. So you're putting in all these extra hours, but you're not actually being more productive. If you're an employer, it's helpful to know that longer work hours for your employees are also related to more absenteeism. That's more people calling in sick or missing work and also to greater turnover. So even though it feels like if I just stay at my desk and keep working and keep working, I'm going to get more done. That's not actually the case. Your brain has limits for how much it can put into something during the week. And when you're going past those mental limits, your efficiency goes down, which means even though you're sitting there trying to work, you're not being very productive. I know it seems counterintuitive, but the research supports this. And recently, Iceland put this to the test in the real world. That country moved 2,500 people to a four-day work week without cutting their pay. So instead of working five days a week, they cut their hours. They're working four days a week, getting paid the same amount. They did this across a variety of industries and tested the changes. What they found was that companies who reduced their hours really focused on improving efficiency, especially in things like meetings. Yeah, I'm sure just like I have, you've been in those meetings before that you know could have been solved with just an email, right? So when companies were forced to reduce their hours, they got more efficient, cut out some of this busy work, this wasted time in meetings. They also did things like altered work patterns. They changed shift work schedules to accommodate. And what was the result? The result was that with this four-day work week, employees reported a dramatic improvement in their well-being, including things like lower stress levels. They said they had better work-life balance. And their productivity didn't change. So they're working less hours, feeling better, reporting that they're happier, and they're getting as much done. When you think about it, it makes sense, right? I'm sure most of us would be happier if we worked less hours and had more time to spend with our family or doing the things that we truly love. And it's also really interesting for me that by reducing hours, our productivity actually didn't go down, which means there's probably a lot of busy work that we can cut out of our day. Another hypothesis is that when we're more motivated, we're more rested, we're more excited to come into work, we work harder in the hours that we have there because we know we have a limited time. You might have experienced this before too. If you have endless time, say you have six months to complete a project, it's really easy to procrastinate and put that off, right? But if something's due the next day, you put your button gear and you get it done, right? 
Having less time can actually make us more efficient because it improves our motivation, improves our drive, and can make us procrastinate less, which means more productivity. Let me ask you this. Have you ever tracked what you do all day? I mean, really tracked, like sit down and record how you spend every minute. If you've never done this, I'd encourage you to give it a try because you'll probably be surprised what you find. There are lots of apps to help you do this, but it can be as simple as pulling out a piece of paper or a spreadsheet and breaking down what you do in 15-minute chunks. Include everything that you're working on, as much detail as possible, including things like that colleague stops by to chat for 15 minutes about a project, or you spend 10 minutes scrolling social media, or you stand up and stare out your window for five minutes. Include all of these things. Once you track this for a week, track how much you're doing, take a look at where you're spending your time. I'm guessing there are times that you're being really productive, right? There are times where you're getting work done. There are lots of things that you're doing, which are fantastic. But there's probably a lot of extra time in your day that you're wasting without even noticing it. I know I was when I did this task. My most productive days are often the ones when I come into work on a holiday because there's no one else around. So there's no one distracting me with phone calls. There's no emails coming in. There's no one stopping by to chat. I'm not surprised that by cutting our work week down in Iceland, they found that productivity stayed the same. Because for most of us, if we're honest, there's a lot of wasted time in our days. Remember those annoying meetings that could have been handled with an email? I challenge you this week to do a time audit. Track where you're spending your time. I bet you'll find some places where you can trim that excess. Get rid of those time wasters. Also, set limits for yourself. Remember, if you're given endless time, your brain is going to fill that time with procrastination and avoidance. If you give yourself five hours to finish your report, it's going to take you five hours. But instead, if you give yourself four hours, I bet you're going to get it done in that time if you really push yourself. For real, your brain is just going to use up the time. If you give yourself less, if you set limits, you're probably going to get things done a whole lot faster with way less procrastinating and time wasting. Rein in that inner workaholic by challenging your brain's belief that working more hours means more success. The research says this just isn't true, and it can lead to less productivity and more burnout, which we know is hurting us in the long run. Your brain's productivity limits don't just apply to the hours you put in during the week. They also apply throughout your day. Have you ever said something like, I'm just going to sit here until this is finished, no matter what? And then you're working through lunch and you find you've been staring at your computer for hours without blinking. This is actually a bad productivity strategy. Your brain can only stay focused on one thing for about 60 to 90 minutes. If you're trying to work on a task for any longer, you're going to get more easily distracted and your efficiency is going to go way down. While taking breaks can feel super weird for your inner perfectionist or workaholic, it's actually going to improve your productivity you're going to get more done by giving yourself breaks. When you're doing your time audit, plan breaks. What I do is in my calendar every day, I chunk my tasks into 60 to 90 minute increments. And then I have a quick break between before moving on to something else. So say I record a couple of podcast episodes, then I'll have a five minute break where I get up, go grab myself another coffee, say hi to a few people in the office, then come back to sit down. The great thing about this strategy is that 
taking these little tiny breaks, these micro breaks throughout the day, five to 10 minutes, every 60 to 90 minutes, gives your brain a chance to rejuvenate some of those mental resources. That's really why your efficiency goes down when you try to work on a task for too long, because your brain burns out and it needs a little bit of a break. Even something like getting up to use the washroom, go say hi to a colleague, can free up some of those mental resources. And when you sit back down at your desk, you're going to feel more refreshed and get more done. It also helps when you put those time limits, that 60 to 90 minute time limit on tasks, like we were talking about earlier, so you don't spend endless hours working on something and not making progress. So set those limits on your day and take those breaks. Let me ask you this. When I tell you you'll get more done in the day if you take a break every hour and if you work less than 50 hours a week, what does your brain say? What do you start thinking? Do you get pushback? Uh, Nicole, but I have so much to do. I can't possibly work fewer hours or take breaks. I'll never get anything done. That, my friend, is your inner perfectionist and your inner workaholic lying to you and trying to trick you. The research is out. Overworking is bad for your health and your productivity. There's no upside to working more, even if it feels like a good option. Usually that inner perfectionist and that inner workaholic are motivated by self-doubt. Thoughts like, if I don't work tons of hours, I'm not working hard enough, or I'm not good enough, or I'll mess up, or I'll be a failure, or everyone will think I'm lazy, or whatever negative thoughts your brain is trying to throw at you right now. Here's a quick trick to push back against your brain when you get this resistance. Ask yourself this. If my best friend or sister or daughter was telling me these things, what would I say to her or him? You're your own worst critic. We're way harder on ourselves than we ever are on others. And it can help to take a perspective outside of yourself. What would you tell someone you love if they felt like they had to work 60 hours a week or they couldn't stop for lunch or if they took a vacation, the world would end? I bet you'd give them some tough love and tell them they can't save the world if they're burnt out. Another way to think about this that really helps me is to ask myself, what am I teaching those around me? For me, I think about my daughter, Allison. I want her to love her career, but not to burn herself out or to run herself into the ground so she ends up feeling resentful and exhausted. And I want to model for her that she can be successful at her career and have a life, that she can be dedicated to her job, but also have fun and take care of her body and exercise and do all the things that she loves. If you don't have kids, think about your team. Think about those who look up to you as a leader, whether it's your colleagues or students, perhaps. How do you want to lead by example? Do you want to show those folks that we need to burn ourselves out, that we need to work 60 hours a week and we can't stop for lunch and vacations are this horrible thing that we should never take? Or do you want to show them that we can be successful and still have that balance and still take care of our minds and bodies? Being a workaholic isn't a goal. And by being busy all the time, it's not a badge of honor. That's a limiting belief that's holding you back burning you out, and stopping you from reaching your goals. Because remember, we're actually less productive when we work too much. Take a hard look at how many hours you're working this week and find those places where you can cut back and find greater balance. If you need any help with this, don't forget to check out my free workbook, your daily productivity checklist. I walk you through five mental habits that are tanking your productivity at work. 
and give you my step-by-step checklist for how I organize and plan my day so I can get more done with less stress. You can get your copy at drnicolebyers.com forward slash checklist. That's drnicolebyers.com forward slash checklist. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. All right, everyone, that's a wrap for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.